and a bit good afternoon to you all. This is Nicole. I'm here with Barbara and this is Big Life Conversation. We're here with you from 4 to 6 p.m. every Monday afternoon. Hope you are having a good trip home from your workplace as it may be at the moment or maybe you're doing a school pickup. There's plenty of people out and about in the Box Hill area picking up kids <laughs> at school at the moment. Uh, and um, also wanted to thank our previous presenter, Tiny Tim, for playing his hits as he does before us before us every Monday. Uh, a little tip on the weather. It's been a bit cold after quite a warm weekend. We had quite a humid and toasty weekend, especially the Saturday. But today, low of 13 in Box Hill and a top of 20 degrees, which I think it's only just about hitting now. I actually had the heater back on, which is kind of ridiculous uh, again, but that's Melbourne weather for you. Um, how are you all today? How are you, Barbara, this oh, afternoon? Thank you, Nicole. Nice to see you again. And yes, this weather is a bit weird. You're not quite sure what to wear. <laughs> no. It's a bit strange, but um, yeah, I had an interesting weekend, which I shall tell you about later. Oh, looking um, forward to hearing about that. Yes, and we're saying, sending a big cheerio to Jacinta, who will be joining us via phone soon, won't she? She will do. So uh, she is... Joining us from Gippsland, so how are you today, Jacinta? Hope you are well. Looking forward to speaking with her after five o'clock today um, and hear a little bit of an update and segment from her. But we have a guest before that uh, coming up at uh, 4.30. We are speaking to Steve Purcell. What do we know about Steve, Barbara? Well, Steve is um, vocalist and musician with... Uh band that's been around for a few years now, uh, Curly Shells. And they are going to be, oh, they, they specialise in jazz, but uh, they're pretty versatile bunch. And um, Julia O'Hara um, is joining them as a special guest vocalist and a, a very interesting sounding concert um, at the Hawthorne Arts Centre, um, otherwise known as the Hawthorne Town Hall, on Friday the 8th of December. It's a special Christmas concert, so that sounds like a lot of fun, and Viz can tell us all about it. Yes, lots of little uh, Christmas events and concerts coming up, so this is probably the first one for us. Before we hit December, <laughs> we are fully decorated here in the studio. <laughs> we were saying last week, we're not ready for it, no, we're not ready for it. It wasn't a bit uh, then. But <laughs> um, it is just around the corner, and uh, next week we will be into our December-themed programming and uh, we may even play a few Christmas tunes uh, all in good taste of course we don't really want too many of those daggy Christmas tunes out and about but um, can get you into the Christmas spirit we might talk a little bit about Christmas eating coming up in our December shows as well uh, and give you some hints and tips around that as well so looking forward to all of that coming up today um, and uh, we had our food for thought uh, on this Saturday just mm. past and um, we've been talking all things different diets so the previous fortnight we had a special guest in speaking about plant-based eating and veganism and uh, last Saturday we had a program which was all about keto and ketogenic eating which I might share a few tips about that today so listen in later on and we'll have a little conversation around some of the different dietary models out there and um, some of the pros and cons of both they are not for everyone it's not sort of one size fits all when it comes to those dietary plans um, but we hope to have a little look into those coming up on the show as well 
So, uh, we usually go to a few birthdays to begin our session off today. And I know there's a few uh, rock star birthdays in the midst, Barbara, you were telling us about. That's right, Nicole. Uh, the late great Tina Turner, she was celebrated, believe it or not, for 84th birthday yesterday. Wow. Sadly, we lost her back in May, but um, you know, she's uh, left quite a legacy, and uh, of course. Um, and um, I'm really looking forward to Tina the musical coming to Melbourne next year, Nicole. Oh, yes. And I was forgetting all about that, but yes, that'll be a nice one to. Um, Get, you know, some of those beautiful songs and also, um, well, it's rock and roll, really. I was going right. to say, there's, there's um, some beautiful songs, but there's also a good set of rock and roll, bit of action there as well, but a nice thing to remember her by yeah, with the musical that just is going to live on. Exactly. And also, of course, um, she was, uh, she had quite an amazing life because she had a um, quite a difficult life in many ways. Of course, uh, it's well known her abusive marriage um, to uh, Ike Turner. Um, and how she had to uh, break away from that um, and uh, you know, carve herself a career on her own. And, um, yeah, of course, she's a fine actress as well as a wonderful singer. Um, and uh, that, that ball of energy, that's just uh, it's yes. quite incredible. Yes, yeah. I don't know where she got that from, but I'd like a little bit of that. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And also Billy Idol, um, whose real name is William Michael Albert Broad. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I think I've forgotten that. <laughs> yes, and he's, um, he, this week, he's on the 30th of November, he's um, turning uh, 68. Can you believe it? Wow. Yes, uh, so I know that he um, had quite a few tunes in the 80s, but he's still touring here and there as well. He does crop up now again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, and still being able to beef out those tunes, um, pretty much a bit of a rock and roll hero. I remember going uh, to school and, um, you know, people had posters of Billy Idol all over their uh, oh, really? lockers um, in the locker room, in the girls' locker room anyway. Um, <laughs> so he was a bit of a, a fan for, for me as well. Yes, quite a few catchy little tunes there, like White Wedding and, um, yes... Eyes without a face and all that sort of stuff. Do you remember those? Oh, I know the whole the whole gamut. Oh, you've got I'm, them. I'm a, a big a big uh, '80s fan, and yes. um, I've got my classic '80s little kit here that I have as backup every time. You know, perhaps we have a you know a moment where there might be some technical difficulties with my yes. my other music. <laughs> uh, I can always pop on my '80s double CD um, with a couple of tunes as well. Um, but I've got one lined up for us now to begin the show, and this one's Hot in the City, which would have been on Saturday, not so much today, <laughs> um, by Billy Idol. Happy oh, birthday. And a little bit of an ode to Billy Idol there. That was Hot in the City by Billy Idol and Flesh for Fantasy, if you remember those back in the 80s. Still great tunes. I really enjoy those. It's 23 minutes past 4 o'clock and you're on 3WBC 94.1 and this is Big Life Conversation. You're here with Nicole and Barbara today. Our co-host Jacinta will be joining us later for a little segment after five. Uh, we were just talking about birthdays before that. I think you had another birthday to mention, Barbara, which another we didn't music mention. One? Yes. Bette Midler. I'm not a big fan. Um, I'd love to have seen her in concert. Never have. Have you? Oh. No. She has been to Australia, I think, on at least one occasion. 
Um, I think the tickets were fairly pricey from uh, from oh, years, a few years ago. As but, are all tickets at the moment. <laughs> lately, that's true. Mm. Um, but she's turning 78, can you believe, on Friday. So, um, but yeah, she's she's fantastic. And of course, not just a great singer, but also a fine actress. And I think she's been involved with some uh, producing and directing of some films as well. But a, a big fan of Bette. Um, and uh, yes, I'm also going to say happy birthday, 50th birthday to Mushroom Records. Did you watch any of that concert on the TV last no, night? Um, no, I didn't. But there was a um, concert, I think I mentioned a couple of shows ago, that Duran Duran did in celebration on one of the rooftops oh, opposite right. where the records were, oh, yeah. um, re- were originally located um, as a celebration of that um, mm-hmm. as well, of one of the record companies. Um, not mushroom records in particular but um uh i wonder if there was some other kinds of concerts like that i didn't see that no i'm not sure about that um also uh, dr who is turning 60 can't quite believe it um <laughs> and uh he's gonna be a senior finally oh i know <laughs> and um or should i say she because it's the the, uh, the cast there's has a, changed over there's the years. a female doctor yes. isn't there um, and, also, and of course the, the Disney company has been celebrating its 100th birthday around there too. So yes, happy birthday to all those now. Happy we're birthdays. into Sagittarian. We are, we are indeed. And just a, a belated, well not a belated happy birthday, but uh, just in the list of birthdays to a colleague and friend of ours, Sally, who's going to be celebrating her 50th on Sunday. So happy birthday, Sally. So, um, all things uh, Black Friday has been um, yes. in the press at the mm-hmm. moment, and um, I've had different views about Black Friday mm. and how come we're adopting so many of the traditions of the US. Mm. Um, part of me is thinking, well, we don't actually um, celebrate Thanksgiving, so do we really need to be having a Black Friday? Friday, which is supposedly after Thanksgiving, then and people go Christmas. out and spend <laughs> their gifts and um, and their givings mm. uh, to um, uh, celebrate that ongoing. Um, I don't mind having a Black Friday sale before Christmas. I think it's quite nice to have things discounted um, as you're buying up for Christmas, especially with cost of living crisis as well. Um, just wondering, you know, we we have Halloween. Um, that's really, you know, become quite big, and now we have Black Friday. Do you think we'll be getting, we'll be getting to celebrate um, Independence Day, Day, the Fourth of July, Mm. Thanksgiving's Day? What are your thoughts on Black Friday, Barbara? Um, Honestly, I thought it was a bit strange initially when when it's only been a thing for the past year or two, hasn't it, in Australia? and to be fair to Halloween, that was originally like a Celtic kind of yes. festival, which the Americans sort of uh, took upon themselves and sort of commercialised it quite a bit. Um, how unlike them. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> however, uh, now, Black Friday, I had some mixed feelings, but I'll be honest with you, um, as uh, a, um, a member of the Vinnie St. Vincent at Paul Op Shop yes. team, yes. I got my little card telling me that there was going to be a little emotional little too. email. Yes. yes. So there was going to be a little sale on. And it's just so um, on Black Friday, and there's some going to be some discounts. I thought, well, I'd rather the money be going there than to a lot of other places if I'm going to spend And of course, for all sorts of reasons. And um, on top of that, Nicole, I had just earned my 200 points. Wow. Uh, so I was going to use my voucher um, and uh, as well as get this discount. So and I got a, a couple of little items. So, um, and uh, yeah, so um, yeah, I, good. 
it's a good way to to funnel your Black Friday, yeah, I think. I think so. um, yeah, the charity's benefiting as well. Absolutely. And, and it's all the whole recycling thing that we're heavily into, the sustainability. Yes. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so I, have, yes, I haven't spoken about it, but, um, yes, I don't know, there, is, there are some things that... Uh, I'm a bit disturbing about, uh, about, about it, but I can see, I can see the pros and cons. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, the shovel had something to say about Black Friday oh, as well, yeah. but uh, they took a little bit of a twist and a bit of a political license on this one. <laughs> um, and it relates it to Pauline Hanson. And uh, this was um, published only a couple of days ago, but it says uh, Pauline Hanson condemns use of term Black Friday saying all Fridays matter. <laughs> Um, One Nation leader, Pauline Hanson, has moved a motion in the Senate declaring that all Fridays matter, following an emotional speech in which she claimed the term Black Friday is racist against white people. Once again, we see white people being marginalised in this country, Ms Hanson said. I refuse to allow this blatant discrimination to continue. Today I demand that the government says on record that all Fridays matter. The Queensland senator said the country was in danger of being swamped by Black Friday sales. Like so many Australians, my inbox has been inundated with Black Friday this, Black Friday that. Granted, there have been some wonderful bargains, but as yet, not a single mention of White Friday. So, typical of this country's disrespect for white people, Miss Hanson later moved a second motion to wish all Australians a white Christmas. Boom, boom. Again, not the opinions of the uh, station or uh, the presenters here, but just some satire from the shovel, which I thought was quite relevant to our little discussion there. Um, But a funny take there as well. Uh, So we are hitting 5.30 and uh, shortly we will be talking to, sorry, 4.30. We will be shortly speaking to um, Steve Purcell. Uh, who's going to talk to us about his wonderful Christmas concert coming up shortly. We're going to play a short tune and then come back with our first guest. And that is Heatwave by Glass Animals. It is three minutes to five o'clock on 3WBC 94.1 and this is Big Life Conversation with Nicole and Barbara. Uh, We just had a great interview with Steve Purcell from the wonderful... Uh, band that is um, going to be playing at the Hawthorne Arts Centre, the Pearly Shells, um, with some Christmas tune, a bit of jazz, a bit of swing, a bit of R&B. So if you want to get on down to Hawthorne um, Arts Centre, you can also do some dancing there on that (laughs) night. And uh, check out our Facebook page, Big Life Conversation, for links to all that information, or you can uh, check out the uh, Burundara Council uh, website as well so uh, for all your tickets um, and uh, entertainment there as well so Barbara we've got a few things that uh, we want to have a chat about before we ring our co-host in Gippsland in about 10 minutes time um, so we have a couple of things I would love to mention actually uh, an interesting place I went to yesterday which I've been trying to get to for quite some time have you ever heard of Over Newton Castle? I have not over Newton Castle, maybe you've heard of Over Newton the school, which right. is um, in Keelor. Well, Over Newton Castle is, is across the road, and it is a, le- a legitimate historic building. Yeah. Um, it's on the Calder Highway, um, or, uh, or it's off the Calder Highway, and the tree line drive actually leads to Over Newton Castle, which has been described as a gracious and historical baronial castle. Now, it was actually oh, wow. um, built by um, William Taylor, um, who came from Scotland to Australia in 1840. He took up a selection in the Wimmera, and... Um, 
uh, he didn't uh, take to life there. Um, I think the, the the weather was probably a bit of a shock uh, to a, um, a softly spoken Scot, as apparently he was. Yeah. Anyway, in 1949, he bought 30,000 acres of land around Keelor, wow. and he built over Newton, which was named after the little town outside Glasgow, where he was born. And it was built in true colonial fashion, a single story with big shutter windows and a wide veranda. And it wasn't until uh, um, 1959, after returning from a trip to Scotland, that he, his dream became a reality. And he set out to, to turn the functional colonial-style homestead into a miniature Scottish baronial castle made in a two-story medieval wing with a crow-step gable. The chapel was actually bought out from Scotland, according to the blurb here. Oh. A prefabricated form was built on the end of the original homestead. And inside the castle, which um, is now, uh, well, actually it's in private hands now, um, but um, it is often used as a wedding venue. And they have high tea there and tours. Um, anyway, it's, uh, it's quite a magnificent estate. And yesterday was uh, the Feast of St Andrew, so they had a Scottish festival. Oh, so, wow. Which is, and that was really fun. Um, anyway. Uh, so we got to see inside and outside. Yes. Um, and there was some you know, interesting, some interesting stalls full of um, uh, Celtic or Scottish paraphernalia and some gorgeous um, Highland cattle. And you oh, know the, the long, hairy, woolly, long-horned, short. You know yes, the one? Yes. I love those cows. They're very cute, and that was very placid. And, yes. Um, anyway, so they were, that was they were, that was another draw cover. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And um, anyway, the chapel, um, as I said, was worked from Scotland and grew fabricated form. And it's built at the end of the original homestead. And inside the castle, it's beautifully designed, constructed spiral staircase of 40 stone steps. So we were not allowed upstairs oh. um, with a mahogany handrail that grossly curls the top of the western turret. And this turret, etched on the skyline of Killer, still has the original roof consisting of layers of slate fish scale topped by an ornate wind vane. Anyway, um, William Taylor was known as the father of Keelor yes. uh, because during his 40 years of service with the municipal government in Keelor, he was mayor on no fewer than 23 occasions. Well, he owned uh, half the land by the sound exactly. of Exactly. I was going to say, I don't know whether there was uh, much opposition there. Anyway, uh, but obviously the days of his family and the 15 servants are now well past. Wow. But um, as I say, there's still an air of grandeur and there's a wishing well. Um, and anyway, it, it's quite the life. It's quite charming. And as I said, they're, I think they're holding some Christmas Christmas um, dues there. Um, uh, but, you know, to find a bit more, you can just go to Over Newton Castle, um, www.overnewtoncastle.com.au. And, yeah, that is uh, that was a bit of a treat. Um, and also, just recently, I have launched a book um, by Joan uh, McKenzie, who actually at one stage lived in that house. She's in her 80s now. So, um, you know, it's quite a fascinating history. So, um well worth a visit if you can ah, manage it. I did not know that that existed. Neither so not. there you go. We had many castles in Australia, no, but of course you could understand <laughs> that they would come from that origin because uh, well known in the UK that there are plenty of castles about Indeed. and uh, taking portions from them and <laughs> building on them in, the, in Australia was probably a thing to do to um, give you a little snippet or a slice of home really. Yes, exactly. Um, and uh, yes, obviously it was a quite an upstanding citizen. I don't know, maybe there's uh, maybe there were some scams connected with, with William Taylor, but I hope my mother's maiden name was Taylor. I'd like to perhaps uh, suggest there was a connection there. <laughs> um, but uh, maybe, perhaps not, if, uh, as long as, as I say, no, no, um, no embarrassing stories to, uh, no. to make their way out. But anyway, it's certainly um, it, it's, uh, it's well worth a visit, as I said, and um, 
um, if you can understand why it's very popular as a wedding venue. Is it is it free to go along and have a look, or do you? No, you is there an entry fee? Uh, no, it's not. It's only open, I think, for afternoon tea. There's a there's a midweek afternoon high tea. That sounds um, lovely. Yes, there's also a Saturday high tea. I think uh, sorry, Sunday high tea. But most of the and that, that that's not every Sunday. Uh, you, you need to check their website because it's not every every weekend because a lot of the weekends are taken up with weddings. Mm. Um, it's not an expensive a high tea, I have to say. Oh. Uh, midweek is uh, more, to say, catering with those on a budget, and there is a children's menu and that sort of yes. thing. Yes. But uh, um, and I don't know how often they're going to be holding the Scottish Festival, but that was uh, uh, an excuse for my friend Sean and I to, to get along to finally uh, have a look because we're really trying to get different ones sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, so, that yeah. sounds lovely. And my book club is always up for a high tea. We like oh, okay. going to high teas and uh, especially doing that for our Christmas breakup. We like a, a bit of a – oh, we've all got a sweet tooth. We're, we're ladies that love a cup of tea, a coffee and some cake. Oh, yes. So we're, it's almost a book club that's, you know, about baking and cake eating as well. So, <laughs> um, yeah, lots of fun there in particular. So that's a really nice one to get along to. It is. So. It's a little bit different. It's not one of these uh, faux fake castles. It actually is, you know, the original historical thing. I remember my late mother, of course, being English herself, she would go on holidays often. Um, interstate and uh, we'd be ewing and ahhing over some little cottage that was 100 years old in South Australia. My mother would say, fancy that, 100 years old, well, wacko. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, mother, so, we know where you come from. Yes, You're not old yes <laughs> exactly. They're, they're a lot older. Across the seas, Indeed. over the seas, <laughs> as we used to say, because everything was overseas. Um, exactly. Which reminds me of the um, Celeste Barber show that uh, I had watched the first episode of. Oh, yes, of The Way We Wore. With I The Way We Wore, uh, very Celeste Barber, to get <laughs> the grammar wrong but also right at the same time and talked about how fashion uh, took off in Australia and also models and the different sizes of models and how yes. we've gone from, you know, fairly... Um, standard views of women's clothing mm. and only being able to get certain sizes in women's underwear into yes. then 60s and twiggy and petite. Um, Anorexic look almost. Very thin mm. uh, models and then very Kate Moss gaunt, um, almost underweight look and just wanting to, um, you know, looking at more complementary body shapes uh, and yes. modelling nowadays and getting more diversity and how the fashion industry is sort of following suit with um, Indigenous fashion yes. as well as in Indigenous models which we've been a little bit bereft of in the past. Mm, Still got yeah. a long way to go, but um, really interesting program about the history of all of that. Um, so I'm looking forward to the next program. She was quite a, a nice presenter. She wasn't, I mean, she talks about her funny self when she introduces herself, but she um, is a great representation of the, the everyday woman. You yes. know? So she said the average size uh, in Australia is 14 mm, to 16. Yes. And so there's not a lot of that represented it there is more and more recently but, um, slowly. Mm. Uh, but it wasn't uh, early on and so mm. therefore she said her question was you know did did people um did women lose heart or, or get complexes about their weight because of um the the fashion industry and then the fashion industry then reinforced that or um was it that they got it um they already had it 
and the fashion industry reinforced it or did the fashion industry give it to them? Um, yeah, and, the and, and, the and so, so we're yes. wondering what, what, what was the chicken or egg, but uh, yeah. very interesting program. It I is. enjoyed it and Eight she was quite a good... from the ABC yeah. every Tuesday. For, I don't know how many episodes there are. I'm the not second sure. one's coming up, I think, tomorrow. It is. It is yeah, on so ABC iView Yes, you can well. catch the other one if you missed it. Yeah. But, uh, and also, I don't know whether she goes into this later, um, but and there are some theories as to um, why um, a lot of uh, male fashion designers uh, were designing essentially uh, for male bodies rather than female bodies, and yes. uh, keeping uh, you know keeping proportions that traps are very lean in certain areas. Um, and also, I don't know if she um, uh, goes into exploring um, some of the um, disturbing uh, tra- trends we've heard about, where a lot of people who are actually in the garment industry, the piece workers, are not treated very well. And we've heard some other stories about. Uh, terrible conditions that some of these people are working in and the whole fast fashion thing too so yes, yes. no i'm sure that will come but there mm. was just more of a history of, of fashion in australia and how and why it took off and then also the models and the model sizes and mm. shapes so a very interesting one there and a nice yes. balanced sort of viewpoint on that as well so i've quite yeah. enjoyed that one yes uh it is uh, seven minutes past five o'clock and uh shortly we're going to be talking to our co-host Jacinta McNina, and uh, we are going to have a little tune before we do that. Let's have a little tune from Billie Eilish. And that was the lovely Billie Eilish with Everything I Want. And uh, what we want at the moment is have a chat to our colleague, Jacinta. How are you today? Lovely to hear you. Yeah, you I've, the I've got a couple. Um, I invented a new word, plagiarism. Um, <laughs> did you did you hear about the mathematician who's afraid of negative numbers? He'll stop at nothing to avoid them. Mm. Um, why do actors? Why do we tell actors to break a leg? Why? Because every every because every play has a cast. Um, yeah, these are not good. Um, uh, Helvetica and Times New Roman walk into a bar. Uh, get out of here, shouts the bartender. We don't serve your type. Uh, boom, boom. Yeah. Um, yesterday I saw a guy spill, um, spill all his Scrabble letters on the road. I asked him, what's the word on the street? Um, Anyway, there you go. Uh, last, last one. These, these, these are a bit of a bad bunch. Knock, knock. Who's there? Control freak. Control freak. Con. Who? <laughs> okay, okay. Now you say control freak who? Um. <laughs> um. Anyways, that's me. What about you, Barb? I've got a few silly ones as well. Mm. Okay, what gets wet the more you dry? Uh, A towel. Uh, what breaks when you say it? Silence. Silence, yes. <laughs> it says you, you're almost there. What bow can't be tied? A mm-hmm. string, uh, no, a, um, a bow and arrow bow. A rainbow. A rainbow, oh, okay. Oh dear. And what can you hold without touching? Love, emotions. Your, your breath. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yes. <laughs> and I remember this, this very stupid one when I was a child. What time is it when an elephant sits on the fence? Time to get a new fence. Yes, you remember Bennett's yes. book of riddles. 
Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, why was the computer so tired when it got home? Uh, why is it, was the computer so tired when it got home? Because it had a hard drive. Oh, it had a hard drive. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> I don't mind that one. Exactly. There, we're bereft. So you know, if that's you want to help idea. us out. Please post them. Yes, on don't don't complain combo. you're not happy with their quality. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. What about what gets up our nose? Mm. Are we ready for that one too? Uh, actually, if I may jump in, um, what gets up my nose? And similar to your yours, um, Jacinta, but I was at this wonderful establishment yesterday over Newton Castle. I was talking to you heard earlier. Wonderful uh, um, castle, actually. A genuine castle uh, in Keelor uh, where there was a Scottish festival being held. And, and magnificent surroundings. Um, we could wander around inside and, and around the grounds. I couldn't believe it when I walked inside um, the hallway. And there's some wonderful bits of furniture, and uh, the whole thing is uh, beautifully decorated. Somebody, somebody, um, as I say, well, I won't use the words I was going to use. Some person uh, had placed a can of a particularly obnoxious, amount, shall we say, American soft drink, which is still full, on this hall table. And I thought, excuse me. Uh, I don't think that was actually the original design or the, uh, the intention of the, of the decorator. So I picked it up and I took it around to a person uh, in the um, uh, around the corner in, in the, uh, the the main area where they were um, they had the, the afternoon tea session, whatever. Anyway, and I said, if some rude person's left this um, on the table in the hallway, I don't think that, that's much appreciated. So thank you. Could you just put it over there at the bar? But I'm thinking, who does that? If you can't find a bin. You, you actually, you go and ask someone, where is, is there a bin? Uh, I'm just, I just can't stand people who litter, who, who don't take responsibility for the, for the mess that they create and expect someone else to clean up and, and to pick up after them. I, I just, you know, we see it a lot um, in our streets, obviously, sadly still. And I, I don't know about you, but if I'm at a place where um, there's no uh, receptacle, I, I make a point of going to someone, uh, you, you can tell me what one is, or I take the rubbish home with me and I throw it out there or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I just... That really gets up my nose, that kind of attitude, that's all. Mm. Yes. What makes my day? I think you'd like this one too, um, Nicole, and to both of you. Uh, the Walkley Awards this year. Yes. And we were very thrilled. I know I was very thrilled. That's just some of our favourite journalists and uh, most of our journalists, including Nick McKenzie and Chris Masters, who, re who received awards for their oh, amazing work. I have seen um, the Walkleys, yes. From the uh, Ben Roberts Smith a trial, yes. a defamation trial. Yes. Um, anyway, so congratulations then. And to Carolyn Wilson, a sports journalist, and a, an area where women is, are finally starting to break through. She was given an honorary, I think, Lifetime Achievement Award. Yes. And uh, I think the cherry on the um, on the top of all that was now there has been a special fund, I think $10,000 fund, established to encourage uh, journalists uh, to undertake in the role of investigative journalism. So, yes. Mm, mm. Yes, mm. we certainly do. So, congratulations to all involved. But I thought that was um, that really made my day. That's nice. Yes. I haven't I hadn't heard about the Walkleys, so that's nice to hear those nice awards there as well. Now, democracy is going down the good one. Yeah, that, that sort of thing. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I was going to do a, a short one saying what gets up my nose, students, and what makes my day, students. Um, <laughs> you know, kind of in the same bat is that, you know, you, you love them and they can really say things that um, really make you feel great as someone who's, you know, in the education space. Uh, and then when the assignments are due and special considerations <laughs> come in and 
if things aren't followed to the protocol, then uh, that can get up my nose. Mm. Um, but uh, I thought more recently because I've been trying to book a holiday and um, in doing so, you know, you look up hotel reviews and what gets up my nose is sometimes the quality of the reviews or the people providing feedback, you know, give constructive feedback um, and and make it useful for everybody. So when you are looking at, um, uh, I was looking at Bali uh, and you see people say, oh, you know, there was a lot of mosquitoes. Um, I won't be coming back. And it's like, well. It is Asia. <laughs> it is summer. Indeed. It what is the jungle. <laughs> there will be mosquitoes. So is that a reason not to come back to a location mm. um, versus, you know, and and the amount of times, which probably doesn't get up my nose because what made my day is the flip of this was that there was lots of commentary about mm where not to go, where all the Australian bogans are. Oh, yes. Um, so very people important. are very clear about, you know, this place is great. However, if you don't want to be around the Australian bogans, avoid it. please avoid. <laughs> or this beach is great. However, this side of it could be full of Australian bogans. Oh, or when I stayed here, it was a great location. However, next door, that was full of Australian <laughs> bogans. So I'm going to try and not put myself in that bracket um, by not populating those places and spaces. But that kind of gave me a giggle, made my day. Yeah, and we're back with you. It is 20 minutes to 6 o'clock and you're on Big Life Conversations. This is 94.13 WBC and we've just been speaking with our co-host Jacinta McNina. We had our few jokes of the week but we're looking for some support please let us know your great jokes on our facebook page big life conversation and we can read those on air or puns or riddles we like all of the above and it's also great if you could share with us what gets up your nose um, we might be able to share those as well as what makes your day for that little segment of our show uh, so we've had a fairly decent show today. We've had Steve Purcell um, and the wonderful band that is going to be playing um, at the Pearly Shells at the Hawthorne Arts Centre. Um, and we've also, as I said, had a little chat with our co-host. But now a little segment that has come from my show Food for Thought that is on every second and fourth Saturday of the month at 8am. We started to talk about plant-based eating um, last fortnight and this fortnight we spoke about ketogenic diets um, so I thought I'd give you a little highlight of some of the content from that particular show and if you're interested in any of the content on our shows don't forget that you can also go to our Facebook page and check out our recordings our podcasts from the show uh, and also from the Instagram page 3WBC underscore food for thought uh, and also on your local streaming services as well. So what is a ketogenic diet? So ketogenic diet is a low carbohydrate, high fat diet that has been often touted to help individuals lose weight and its primary principles evolve around changing the way your body uses energy. So we have carbohydrates, we have proteins, we have Fats. And so the idea is that it induces um, this state of ketosis 
and it does that by having really low carbohydrate intake. So um, typically it's around 20 to 50 grams a day um, and a significant reduction forces the body to use alternative energy sources. So it mainly focuses on burning fats instead of carbohydrates. So our body loves carbohydrates, it loves sugar, um, it's very easy for our body to use. Um, we like to take it up very readily, but if we want to burn fat, it's the ideal is to lower that and make sure that we have a whole lot more good fats. And so to compensate for the lack of carbohydrates, a diet rich in fats, and I'm talking about the good fats here, so not uh, trans fats, not so much um, lots of animal fats, but uh, those such as avocados, olive oil, nuts and fatty fish are definitely emphasised, making up about 70 to 80% of your diet mm -hmm. with a moderate protein intake because really high protein um, can cause issues for some people and um, and can also prevent that ketosis from happening as well. So usually we say 0.8 grams per kilo of body weight, which is around 20 to 25% of our daily calories in this particular diet. So um, the body makes these um, ketones when it um, is unable to use carbohydrate, when it breaks down fat. Um, and that's usually the sign that um, you're going to be burning more of your fat stores. Now, most people use um, a urinary analysis, so oh, yeah. they um, pee on a stick, so to speak, <laughs> um, and it can tell you whether those ketone bodies are present to know whether you're in ketosis. Um, the diet is very much emphasized on having consumption of whole nutrient-dense foods such as vegetables, meat, fish and eggs, dairy, nuts, seeds and healthy oils and definitely avoiding sugars and processed foods. Um, and um, some people do this as an ongoing diet. Um, some do a cyclical process where they have sort of two days or a couple of weeks where they trial this diet to get their body into gear. It does take a lot of monitoring and adjusting um, and successful implementation involves, you know, testing those ketones, um, making sure that um, we're also balancing all of our nutrients. Um, so we always strongly recommend that you get support from a nutritionist to help you with that. But lots of great studies have shown that it's really great for helping with weight loss, for blood sugar control and also increased energy, which is quite key for many people. But um, obviously needing to tailor out that to your own health um, and well-being. Now, some of the benefits, as we mentioned, weight loss, blood sugar levels, um, many claim uh, enhanced mental clarity and focus, um, appetite regulation, um, and also reduces cholesterol and triglycerides. Um, but there's also some challenges with going into ketosis. So some people, when they first start this, have almost like flu-like symptoms to start with. Oh, yeah. So there's this detoxification process mm -hmm. that can happen. Um, where the, the body sort of goes, where's my sugar? Um, <laughs> absolutely. And it's like having withdrawal. So they have fatigue, they can have nausea, headaches, dizziness. Um, and there is also a risk of nutrient deficiencies if people don't balance the different macros readily. Oh, okay. So um, we do have certain vitamins and mineral and fiber in our grains and cereals, which are very limited in this. Um, so you need to get those from beans and legumes and nuts and seeds mm -hmm. and um, the non-starchy vegetables, your leafy greens. Um, some people then therefore have digestive issues because they're not 
replacing the fiber that oh, they need. Yes. Um, and some feel like there's very limited food choices if they do do this. Mm -hmm. um, it's not sort of sustainable for long term because people can find uh, that there are challenges with the food preferences. Um, some, again, won't eat widely and might have nutrient deficiencies. Um, and some, even if you're an athlete, might find that there's some performance reduction as the body oh. gets used to burning fats sure. versus carbohydrates so it is risky for certain um populations as well those that might be breastfeeding or have pancreatic or liver disease um, or a history of eating disorders it's not for you mm -hmm. um so some things to think about if you were starting to do this is obviously do your research plan your meals stay hydrated be mindful of your fiber and your fats and any hidden carbohydrates um, and also address those sort of flu-like symptoms that can happen. Um, so I wanted to share with you um, a little bit of a breakfast, lunch and dinner, what that could look like mm -hmm. if you were thinking about doing that. Now, if you were a um, meat eater, which I am not, <laughs> you can have um, a breakfast of avocados with eggs um, and slices of bacon um, with some chopped chives. So you could have two avocados and you could grill the eggs in those avocados okay. halved mm -hmm. um, and add the slices of bacon. I like the um, vegetarian version, which is the two avos, the four large eggs and a cup of fresh spinach and chives, which is a nice breakfast as well. Mm. Um, so quite a large breakfast. Um, there's also a lunch, which is a, a Caesar salad. So you could either have that with your um, nitrate-free bacon or you could have that with tofu instead. Um, so lots of leafy greens, cherry tomatoes, mm. parmesan, yeah. uh, low-carb sort of Caesar dressing, um, salt and pepper to taste. Um, and if you'd like extra firm tofu, you can definitely do that with a bit of olive oil and garlic dried oregano um, and just replace your tofu with meat of choice if you wish mm -hmm. to. And I really like the dinner, which is suggesting, as we were talking earlier, a keto garlic butter cauliflower steak. So I know <laughs> we're talking about the, the wonderful cauliflower mm, earlier with Jacinta. Mm. How wonderfully versatile it is. And this is one large cauliflower head sliced into steaks um, with some unsalted butter, four cloves of garlic, some paprika and salt and pepper to taste with some fresh parsley roasted very very nice as a dinner so there's some vegetarian and um, also can uh, kind of be adapted to the meat eaters as well um, mm. if you were thinking of going down the keto front um, but as I said all things need to be individualized and taken care of and it's always good to get advice from a registered dietitian or a clinical nutritionist so that's a little bit about the keto diet if you'd like to know a little bit more about that um, don't hesitate to have a look at our social media pages for some more information on that. Thank you. Yeah, so can be really helpful. I know that uh, Michael Mosley sort of supports that track a little bit more. Oh, yes, famous um, Dr. Michael Mosley, he reversed his diabetes. Yes, he reversed his diabetes with and the 5-2 diet. Yes, and looking at him, I, I really like his shows. Um, I think his wife's the Dr. Tucson Chief. Um, of course, he's English, but... He didn't look as if he was the diabetic type. No, did he? no. And that's, I mean, he was not your, your, your type two diabetes um, person. He wasn't uh, very overweight, not to look at. But just going no. to show, you, I think you'd say there was a genetic predisposition in the family, though, did he? 
So he did indeed. Mm. Um, and yes, so often diabetics are very slim in nature. Um, mm-hmm. People can lose weight. Um, they don't have to be necessarily overweight or obese, which can start with the insulin resistance. So um, if you do know that you might have um, any of that blood sugar dysregulation, it can be very helpful to follow this kind of protocol. But the Mediterranean diet and also plant-based eating has um, equal amounts of evidence for it as well. So um, the key mm. is keeping the carbohydrates balanced and yes. and at the lower end of the scale because we've gone a little bit overboard in that culturally <laughs> over times. So, yes, Barbara, now you've got a few more little entertainment oh, pieces before we um, wrap up today. Yeah. Yeah. I want to just remind people that, and I'm not having to get along to it myself, but um, the Jewish Museum of Australia um, is presenting... It's reopened, hasn't it? Was it, was it closed? Um, no. Well, oh. No, no, no but it, The Immigration Museum is what I'm thinking oh, about. Oh, okay. This is the one down in, um, in uh, St Kilda. But anyway, their uh, wonderful exhibition, what sounds wonderful, um, of, of Mark Chagall, Celebrating his remarkable story um, among the, and he's considered to be among the greatest stars of the 20th century. He was born in 1887, died in 1985. But that exhibition, it's been going since June. It's, it's finishing on Sunday, the 10th of December. So you better get a, a uh, reel on if you can see it. So that's Sunday week. So um, really um, very keen to see that. And uh, you know, he was uh, quite a fascinating man. And um, he was, uh, well, he's often held up in, um, in comparison to um, Picasso, Saint Matisse, and Monet. And he's remembered for his highly visual personal language and, and poignant consideration of universal and timeless themes such as joy, love and melancholy, combined with the Jewish folkloric painterly roots of his native Russia and the Parisian avant-garde, with Bob's Cubist and Expressionist styles. So he created a sense of whether it was truly his own. I love a lot of his work. Do you know it uh, at all, Nicole? No, not not specifically. I'm, I haven't. I, I think I've seen and seen a few pieces, yeah. but um, no, I'm not a... A study of it, that's for sure. No, well, I know a, a bit about a few of his pieces, but I always think that looking at his works, um, they're very, well, they're very romantic and they're very whimsical and very poetic. And uh, yes, and, and some really charming, just quite charming and, and beautiful uh, pieces to look at and quite impressionistic as well. But anyway, um, I think he also was responsible for decorating uh, the Paris Opera House, the ceiling of that oh, too. Wow. One point. But, you know, he was a, a, a yeah, most interesting man. And um, just looking at photographs of him, he just, he looks like a very warm kind of person. He had this, had this wonderful mop of curly hair. And, uh, yeah, just uh, just had to convey this presence of, uh, of someone who was uh, quite, a, quite a gentle, poetic sort of soul. So, anyway, but I, so I suggest to you, uh, as I say, hurry to get along to that because it's we have going to finish up. That. No. Yes. And um, speaking of uh, another story inspired by um, events that um, occurred in Europe, uh, this, the British Film Festival is winding up um, in Melbourne uh, this Wednesday. Some of the films will be, being, will be released commercially. And I believe this one is going to um, be. And this was a wonderful film. It's called One Life and based on the true story, starring the wonderful, um, the brilliant um, Annie Hopkins. Uh, 1988, Nicholas Winton, um, who's really described as a mild man, a British stockbroker, became increasingly concerned uh, by the news of what was happening in continental Europe. And after a spur-of-the-moment decision to join some friends in Prague, yes, which I have recently been to, yes, um, to help a growing number of refugees, his life and the lives of hundreds of Jewish children facing the threat of Hitler's regime changed forever. And so, um, essentially, it just goes to show you, I guess, hence the title, one, one person can make a huge difference. I and mean, obviously he had some people helping him. But this is a man 
And with all due respect to those involved in the financial industry, they're not often renowned for, for this kind of behaviour. I mean, sometimes they do they do fund some charitable work, but you don't often connect with, with that, with the world of, of business. Um, anyway, but he, um, he anyway, he, he took it upon himself to, to, to free or, or to help free as many of these uh, children as possible. Um, and uh, he eventually, anyway, without giving too much away, um, obviously it takes quite a toll of him because he feels personally responsible because he couldn't save everybody and anybody. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's a story that really tugs at your heartstrings. It's very moving and it's, but it's quite inspirational. Uh, directed by James Falls and Andy Hobsons plays um, um, Nicholas Winton, who was knighted uh, for his work. And his wife, um, wow. Rita, is played by Lena Olin, and uh, Ramona Garay um, is one of his um, colleagues uh, helping out in Prague. And the wonderful Jonathan Price is a friend of his. And his mother is played by the inevitable Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, wow. Fan of hers. Yes, I so, love yes, her. Exactly. But uh, anyway, it, um, it, it's, a, it's, it's quite a stirring story, and it's one that um, I think that will really touch a lot of people. And also, there's a message here about. Uh, showing kindness and compassion to refugees. Mm. Mm. So it's, it's still, uh, as I say, a, a message for us today. Yes. Exactly. So um, anyway, that's, um, I saw that uh, the other night at the Kima Cinema, but uh, Palace Cinema, but it will be released, I believe, around about Boxing Day, but highly recommended. Nice. Mm. Nice one. We're just going to have a quick message from our sponsor, a quick tune, and then we'll come back and say goodbye. Let you know what's happening next week. And that's a note from our sponsors. We are uh, just ready to wrap up our show for today. We've had uh, the wonderful Steve Purcell, and we've had Jacinta come in and speak with us um, and next week we may have a couple of mystery guests just confirming we normally have our wonderful uh, lawyers Kapi Nambia, our Nambia family lawyers Nambia Hogg family lawyers come and speak with us so we will confirm that during the week but keep posted on our uh, Facebook page for all the upcoming interviews for our next few shows uh, before we take our uh, Christmas leave, we will have a little bit of um, scope to play a few Christmas songs next week as <laughs> well. <laughs> yes, yes. I know sitting up after us, we will have Your Planet Needs You um, coming up for us shortly. Mm -hmm. And um, we will um, be with you uh, from four to six next week as well. And just can I remind just yeah. before we go, um, a fun show coming on Chapel of Chapel opening uh, this Friday until the 7th of December is Kinky Boots. Oh, and you might remember the music again. by Cindy Lauper. Yes. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Based on a true Australian, but true story. And I have seen a stage show before, but uh, that sounds like a fun production down there. And, of course, um, it has been made into a film, that story too. So, I have not seen that one. Mm. I'm quite looking forward to seeing um, a play sometime soon. And there's all the uh, – I noticed all of the um, – uh, Shakespeare in the park oh, yes, coming out and about in. is you can get tickets for those. Uh, they have uh, got a few shows on before Christmas and then uh, quite a few after Christmas. Given the whole Black Friday, there was actually discount tickets, oh, yes. so you can check that out as well. Um, so theatre tickets were also uh, having a reduction. Mm, a nice Christmas Friday. present for some, maybe. Very nice Christmas for people. If you, everyone has too much stuff, uh, <laughs> it's quite nice to give someone an experience. So I know that that can be appreciated and um, uh, acknowledged without accumulating things. So mm -hmm. quite a nice one as well. 
Uh, well, thank you, Barbara, thank for you, being my co-host today. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening in. Coming up now, the news, and then after that, your planet needs you. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.